Good morning, Croc Church Ohana, and welcome to Palm Sunday Services Online. Woo! It's Palm Sunday. Hosanna to the highest. Hope you got your palms with you. Anyway, uh, just want to welcome you into my home. Um, if it looks nice in the background, it's because my wife set it up like she always does so well. So I want to give credit to my wife. And, uh, you know, we are living in unprecedented times. You know, when was the last time we couldn't gather together for Palm Sunday, let alone Easter, which is happening next week? It's just strange, right? And uh, we know with this whole uh, COVID situation that things are getting from bad to worse. You know, just a few weeks ago, we were at two cases and now we're over several hundred. Um, we're even experiencing our first death. Uh, there's been job losses and companies closing. The unemployment rate is through the roof, not just in Hawaii, but um, around the world. Um, and it's feeding things like fear and anxiety and now isolation since we can't gather. You know, I admit just a couple weeks ago, you know, I thought we were overreacting, you know, to shut things down. But now I really see how serious this is. And my heart goes out to all of you who are who are suffering in some way this morning or even for loved ones that you know that are struggling. And with that, I just want to open us up in prayer. Would you please join me? Dear gracious and heavenly Father, creator and protector, we pray for your grace and mercy this morning. For everyone suffering, God, we pray for healing and comfort and your peace that passes all understanding. Draw us closer to you. You are our protector and our shield. And help us to remain encouraged and faithful through this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, well, let's move on into the message. We're talking about Palm Sunday, an event that happened over 2,000 years ago, yet it still has lessons for us today with all that we're dealing with. And that's the question. How is Palm Sunday relevant for you today? So let me provide a little context. You know, Palm Sunday was the Sunday before Easter. And Easter, we know, was the greatest day in history. It was when Jesus rose from the dead. And so just for that reason, Palm Sunday is significant. But Palm Sunday was also the day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem as the triumphant king. And it followed his three-year earthly ministry of healing people, of, of teaching people, and of forgiving people. And of course, we know what Jesus also did. He also proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? So let's read about Jesus coming into Jerusalem. You can find it in Matthew 21, verse 1. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read the part about Jesus writing in. So here we go. You can follow on the screen. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a coat with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You know, I love the part about uh, where Jesus tells his disciples uh, as they're walking toward Jerusalem and they're, they're walking into uh, the next town. And he just says, hey, go 
into that town and just go and when you find a donkey, just, just grab them and bring them to me. And if anybody asks, just say that the Lord needs it. You know, if that were today, it'd be like Jesus saying, hey, Matthew, Mark, go into that, go find a Tesla store and just go, yeah, go in there and drive it out. And if anybody stops you, you know, tell them that the Lord sent you. Wouldn't that be crazy? I got to try that. I was thinking, I got to try that with my son, Noah. Granted, he's only 13, but hey, Noah, go to that Tesla store and just drive the vehicle. And when they say, you know, hey, what, what are you doing? Just tell them that daddy sent you. Uh, I don't think he would have the same effect, right? Well, of course, Jesus could do that because he was fulfilling prophecy. And, and what is prophecy? Prophecy, of course, is truth, God's truth of what's to come. And prophecy cannot be denied. And Jesus was an expert on, the pro on prophecy because he was a student of scripture. We know that growing up. But here's the truth. He also authored all of prophecy. He wrote the whole book of the Old Testament. So it's not a surprise that Jesus knew what had to be done and um, in it things came true. And now he was simply making things come to life. He was making the Old Testament come to life by acting it out. You know, the Old Testament was really an unfinished story for the Jewish people. It was like a suspense that had no end. It was like an action-adventure movie that was waiting for the hero to show up. And we know who the hero was. It was Jesus himself. And he was closing the final chapter. In fact, when he rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he was basically saying to the people, I am the Messiah you've been looking for. What all scripture is pointing to, the end. And he closes the book on the Old Testament. Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He was the Messiah. And there's more to this story for us to learn. So let's look at what was going on in the story. You know, as Jesus was riding in uh, on the donkey, we, we noticed that the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna today, we use that word in songs, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. So it's, it's a nice tune, but Hosanna really translated means, save us, we pray, save us, God. And they weren't singing songs at that point. They were desperately yelling to Jesus, save us. Now, why were they yelling that? Well, they were yelling and, and pleading with Jesus to save them from the burdens and the troubles of life that they experienced. In fact, many of them had experienced Jesus healing, healing people and delivering them from demons and many of the people were, were under that, still that same burden and they wanted to receive his healing. And even today, you know, we, we know people are crying, save us. Even today, save us, God, from this pandemic that's, that's infecting my, my brother, my father, my, my grandparents. Uh, save us, God, from our, our health issues of cancer and other illnesses that we face. People are yelling, save us from the, the financial burdens and the worries the addictions that are afflicting us, God. Save us from the broken relationships uh, and maybe the murders that are even taking place right in our own community. God, save us. Why else were the Jewish people shouting, save us? Well, they were asking Jesus to save them from the political oppression, from the Roman government. You know, the Roman government was ruling over Israel at the time and they were placing heavy burdens on the people, restrictions on their freedoms, uh, placing heavy taxes on them that they, that they had a hard time affording. So they were yelling to Jesus, Jesus, be the king. 
that will restore our country to greatness and, and, and fight against the Roman Empire and overtake them. And it's really interesting. We're in the middle of campaign season, right? In the presidential race. And we have the same longing, right, for a powerful political leader. In fact, we, we get overly consumed sometimes by wanting a, a leader, a, a worldly leader that will help lead our nation well. And unfortunately, when we don't agree with who the candidate is, when, when, when we finally elect someone, we can get really angry. And we're seeing that today. There's, there's actually hatred that is uh, being generated from the political race even now. And I've seen where families are getting torn apart, where mother and daughter get torn apart from each other and lifelong friends actually break up because of a political candidate. You know, may that never be so, particularly in the body of Christ. And that just reminds us that Jesus didn't come for political deliverance, but for spiritual deliverance. He actually disappointed the Jewish people. And because he didn't meet their expectations, they went from shouting, save us, to crucify him. Okay, if he's not going to be that king we were looking for, crucify him. You know, what a turnaround in less than a week. And I think Jesus is telling us that it's not people or political parties or even policies that are really going to save us, but it's really heart change, right? It's really being reconciled to God, which is our greatest need. That is what is really going to change the world, a relationship with God. Our most important need is for spiritual deliverance to be reconciled to God. That really is our most important need as individuals and as a society. All right, let's move on and see what else Palm Sunday teaches us. The world's values are at odds with God's values, or the world's values are not the same as God's values. Uh, one thing interesting to notice how Jesus came in to Jerusalem. You notice he didn't come in as this masculine four-star or even five-star general, right? He didn't come in as a well-spoken politician that could tickle the ears of people. He didn't come in as this popular YouTuber with a billion subscribers riding in on a Tesla. He didn't even come in as a megastar preacher. Yet he, he just came in as an ordinary man, on a donkey nonetheless, definitely not a war horse. So just pause for a moment and think about that. What does that show about what God values? The creator of the universe coming down to earth on a donkey. And I want to go to Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, so you can join me. Um, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, to see what God says about the values he's looking for. And here we go. It says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. All this to say that God's values and God's tactics of, of great accomplishments are not the same as what the world uses, which is power, right? And control. And it's really interesting to note how uh, something like COVID is really bringing a great humbling to our society and, and to the world. Uh, maybe God is trying to send a message 
uh, about these proud companies and, and, and individuals that are living life without God. And so what does that mean for us? You know, because we all want to uh, have a life of significance. We all want to leave a mark. We all want to leave a legacy. But what God is saying is if you truly want to leave a legacy, then you will live humbly and, and submitted to God. Let's look at what it says in Proverbs 18.12. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. And again, there are many more scriptures which talk about how God, He sees the humble and He raises them up, and God sees the proud and He actually lays them lower. He tears down whatever they're, they're into. So that's something I think uh, that we can learn from this Palm Sunday story and about how Jesus uh, lived. All right, next, Palm Sunday is about victory, right? Um, of, of all things, this might be it. We call it Palm Sunday because, of course, the people were using palm branches. And what's the significance behind palm branches? Well, uh, in those times when, when uh, armies would come back from war, they would use palm branches and lay them down to signify victory. And they would see that in Roman processions. And so Jesus was allowing these people to wave their palm branches of victory. And what was he celebrating? Well, I think it was three things. First being the coronation. He was coming in as king. So that was something to celebrate as a victory. The second thing I think he was celebrating was the fact that the, the Jewish leaders of the time were trying to kill Jesus for three years. And they, never, they were never able to kill him. And so in a sense, he was claiming victory over their failed efforts. But I think the most important thing was that Jesus was claiming victory over what was to come just a week later uh, when he would rise from the dead and basically prove everything that he came and proclaimed prior to his death. He was foreshadowing the victory that was to come. And by doing so, Jesus was claiming victory over sin, over Satan and death once and for all. And that's why we can celebrate Palm Sunday uh, together because Jesus secured victory for us all who would believe in him. Yep. Now that 2,000 year old event and victory is even relevant for us today. In fact, when Jesus came riding in on Palm Sunday, he knew about the events of COVID-19. He knew about 9-11. He knew about uh, the stock market crash in 08. He knew about every other major disruption and hardship that society would face. In fact, he knows exactly uh, what is going on in your life today. He knew about it 2,000 years ago because we know he knows the beginning from the end. And he cares. And this is what he's offering to each one of us, even today, that if you would turn to him and trust in him and, and just give your life to him, he would offer you everlasting life forgiveness of sins. He would give you his peace, which the Bible says surpasses all understanding in the midst of the storms of your life. Not in spite of them, but in the midst of your storms, you can have his peace. And then finally, you can have this, this uh, reassurance that you don't have to be fearful when it comes to death. Because as a Christian, you know that death simply is a transition from this life to the best life, spending eternity with Jesus. And that's, that's the amazing thing about this victory that God has provided for us. So let me just talk to the church. What does this mean to the church? You know, if you've given your life to the church, you are part of God's saved people. And we call that the church. And he gave us one really clear mission that has never 
waned for the past 2,000 plus years, and that's to win souls for the kingdom. Again, our mission as a church is to win souls for the kingdom. Let's look at the last thing Jesus said before he ascended to heaven. I'm going to go to the book of Mark, uh, chapter 16. And this is what it says. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This was, again, the last words that Jesus shared before he ascended to heaven. And people need to hear this message now more than ever because fear and, and, and despair are really heavy in our society. In fact, we know that anxiety and depression are at its highest levels, especially in our young people. People are crying out, save us, Jesus. And we are the messengers of hope that Jesus wants um, to share with others. Now for others, you know, they're still trying to save themselves by, by building up their earthly kingdoms. They're building up their bank accounts, their careers, their social network, uh, and they believe that's going to save them. And, and what we have to do is, is tactfully engage with them and, and to pray for them. I think that's a really, really big deal before we even engage is to pray to the Lord that God would soften their hearts to see that they really need Jesus for saving. Yeah, And I would say this as well, that COVID-19 is, is a reminder that we must act with urgency. People are dying from COVID and many more will die from COVID. And it's a reminder that we as a church, we need to get out of our comfort zone to go back to why we're called again, to win souls. Let me just give you some statistics that have just kind of uh, shaken me. We know that uh, on average, there's about 54 million people around the world that will, will die this year alone. In Hawaii alone, well over 10,000 people will die for, for various reasons, COVID included. And once they pass away, of course, they're going to be judged. Many, many of the people that are dying do not have a relationship with Christ and are facing eternal separation from God. And that is, that is just a, a horrible thing to even consider. And I, I got to say this, that one of the deceptions of the enemy is to lull us, the body of believers, into thinking we have a lot of time to, to share the gospel with others. You know, that is a lie from the enemy. We don't have a lot of time. In fact, time is not our side, on our side. Jesus is coming soon. And the next time he comes back, he's going to come back on that mighty white horse as a warrior to judge all men. So we have to take this call seriously. We really don't have time to waste as a church. You know, COVID obviously presents um, an opportunity for us to engage in new ways, but I don't really even think it's an opportunity. I think it's a mandate from God. Every time there's a disruption to society, it's a mandate for the church to get about doing Jesus's business. I will say this, COVID does require us to be compassionate. Obviously, we want to put on Christ's heart uh, when dealing with people and ministering to them and sharing the gospel. But it also gives us this, this ability to be bold and creative in reaching souls. And I just want to give a shout out at this time to, to many of you who have been sharing the gospel through action. It's just an awesome thing. In fact, we see the church coming together like we have never seen before. There's actually more engagements in some cases than when we gather as a body. People are actually reaching out 
and trying to make sure that people are being taken care uh, being taken care of. We're trying to make sure we take care of our kupuna first and foremost, and then of course everyone else in the church. I love that the fact that many of you are sharing resources with your neighbors, maybe for the first time. It's an awesome thing, and I and and we know that uh, many of you are also giving blood. I'll talk about a real sacrifice, kind of like Jesus and how he gave his blood. Many of you are giving blood to complete strangers who you'll never know. But we pray that that message of God's love goes out to all people. And the best part about it is God gets all the glory in all of this. So I'm going to close. And in closing, I just want you to reflect on, on what's going on in this season. And if any of you are experiencing fear and anxiety um, and, and just all those negative thoughts, you know, I just want to remind you that that's why Jesus went to the cross. And he came to give us uh, the ability to be free of those things. And if you're struggling, you're still struggling with those things, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. We're here for you. Here's some contact information for you to, to reach out to us. We, we are here for you. And the church is here for you as well. Next, if you have never made a decision for Christ and you really want those things that God wants to give you eternal life, forgiveness of sins, joy, and his peace. Uh, today is a great day to make the decision. It would be the best decision you could ever make in your life and one that will lead to a life of significance. So I want to just encourage you, if you want to make that decision, tell somebody about that today and then contact us because we want to help you on your journey of, of growing with Christ and being a disciple and, and how you can get... Um, uh, or just come alongside the church to win more souls for him. And then finally, um, as we approach Easter, you know, this week was the week that we were going to ask the church to actually gather in person and then go out to our community and invite them. We printed up these fancy invitation cards to just let the community know that, hey, we care and we're going to celebrate Easter together. But God had different plans, obviously. And even with that, I think God is, is allowing us to engage the community in different ways. And, and really, that is His will, right? So we want to ask you to do that, to, to think about who in your life. And, and let's just start with one person, one person you know that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. And ask God to give you some wisdom and insight on how you can engage them this week about Easter and maybe how they can tune in online and hear the gospel and the message and what God has for them. But would you do that this week? You know, there are people that uh, don't know Christ and, and are dying every day, physically and spiritually. They're crying out, save us. And we want to be there for them like Jesus uh, was to us. So with that, I just want to close in prayer. And um, again, thank you for coming. So let's pray. Jesus, you're Lord and King, and we thank you that you came to save us from sin and death. Thank you for giving us a purpose for living, and that is to win souls for you, God. Forgive us, God, for, for something sometimes having our parties mixed up. In the midst of this pandemic, and just in life in general, God, we pray for people who are suffering. And we pray that we can use this situation to expand the kingdom in ways like we've never done before. Help your church, God, to stay connected during this time as well. God, we, we want to stay well connected. Help us with that. And thank you, God, for being faithful always, and you'll continue to be faithful to the end. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you again for joining us on this Palm Sunday. Uh, we hope you have a great day of celebration. And uh, we love you, and uh, we want you to take care. God bless you.